0: Hello, and welcome to The Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I am currently in Brazil right now. You're in Brazil? Yeah, I'm in Brazil right now. I
1: thought you were in Belize.
0: No, I was in Belize, and so now I'm in Brazil.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the UK, but I've been elbow... I'm, I'm Luke Bailey, I'm in the UK, and I have been elbow deep in the content of the election for three days now
0: it's a very exciting time um i i apologize for um the kind of the hasty sound of this episode uh i'm still putting together a studio where i am and luke has not slept in several days so this will be very interesting
1: yeah and also on my end it's uh, if you hear over here fireworks it's because it's fireworks night where we celebrate uh burning a catholic to death 400 years ago
0: england what a normal country Okay, Luke, a couple weeks ago, we promised our listeners that we would um, do a second episode, which we should never do that again. We should never promise anything again. But we promised that we would do a second episode after the results of the election we're in. Well, it turns out that hasn't happened yet.
1: (laughs) You've got a a lot of results, man. (laughs) We
0: we have a a lot. uh, Our election. Oral system is very, very well organized and everyone loves it and it makes everyone happy. Yeah.
1: It's uh, it's uncannily good. It's my favorite thing is how Americans, you know, as this stuff happens, there's an awful lot of stuff about like how you know proud it is to democracy and the rest of the world is looking at you and being like, That's not how that's not what this is.
0: No, 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 it's bad. It's really bad. And in fact, like I feel like every election I'm alive, I learn a little bit more about why it's so bad. And this <laughs> this year, in particular, I feel like the big revelation that there's no one actually, like, in charge of how elections are called in America, other than, like, TV stations, was an interesting one to learn this year. I feel like I, I had known all the dumb stuff about our election process, but I didn't quite grasp that last time.
1: So, wait, sorry, so which is the new bit?
0: The fact that, like, there is no, like, like the election's called by, like, TV stations. Oh, the TV networks? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, to be fair, it is also called by like states like officially it's called by states like if the states call a different thing on december the 12th like then what the tv network says doesn't matter it will just confuse everyone
0: right that's that's sort of it which is that like it is just endlessly confusing for no reason um well we know the reason it's to make people not want to vote um
1: or particularly poor people but yeah we should by the way we should probably put a marker down on when we're doing this because this will come out later and the results will change so just right for the context of what we're saying. Right now, um, Nevada remains up for grabs, Pennsylvania remains up for grabs, Georgia remains up for grabs, and Arizona remains up for grabs, except for, according to Fox and the AP, who have both called it already for President Biden, and are now hoping that that result stays.
0: Right. And Um, just so this makes some more sense, due to my... dad buying property in Central America and then insisting we go down and check it out in the middle of all of this. I have not been following things very closely. I am fairly certain I understand what's going on in the sense that no one understands what's going on.
1: I understand what's going on.
0: I mean, it's it's basically like actually a fairly normal election, but it's being drawn out over several days as opposed to like one day. That's that's my read on it.
1: That's kind of close to it, actually, yeah. Like, it, the... the, the, it, the... Vote counting stuff is weird, but anticipated. Like, we knew this was coming. This this has always been coming the whole way along. But, yeah, basically there were two things. Is that Biden slightly under... That's not true, actually. This all ties into my central theory of the episode, which is... Okay, wait, wait. So Biden, let's, set, let's
0: set this okay. up. What is your main takeaway of the election right now? Because this is on you. This is part two of your grand theory. If you go back in our podcast, you can hear it. Um, Mark Zuckerberg's algorithm versus Alexander Hamel. That's
1: not that's not this. This is a different theory. Oh, this is a different theory. Okay, we're on a different
0: theory. Okay, we're on a different theory. Okay, go ahead. We're on. on a different theory. Go, go, go.
1: I've been trying I've been trying to like understand selection and, and it it might tie into it, it might not, but it is linked to it. Um so right now, um Biden essentially hit his polls like dead on. Okay. Uh, he got the proportion of the vote that we were expecting to get more or less everywhere. A little bit up somewhere, a little bit down somewhere, but bang on, basically. Okay. And Trump massively outperformed his polls to, like, kind of a weird degree. And that made it much closer than it was expected to be. But ultimately, you know, Biden was far enough ahead in the original polls to still win. Okay. So the question is, is why is Trump, why was Trump's polls before the election showing such strange, like, such low results for him? Okay. And there's links to what actually happened in a number of places within the election. And I want to talk specifically about the Rio Grande Valley in Texas.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's go for it, man. All right. Talk Talk to you about it.
1: All right. So, um, sorry, you're going to hear me typing occasionally uh, in this because I have to find things. But I'm also, technically, I'm still at work for this. (laughs) You're (sighs) doing a great job, buddy. Thanks. We're just sort of waiting. Um, All right. Got it. All right. So, the other half of this that I want to talk about is... Uh, the Rio Grande in Texas right so Rio Grande super south Texas um, very very Latino vote Uh, and to pick out one particular district uh, which is Star County okay uh, it's a small small district Uh, 2016 Clinton gets 9,000 votes Trump gets 2,000 2018 better O'Rourke favorite person gets 8,500 votes okay Ted Cruz gets 2,000 okay 2020 Biden gets 9000 votes so dead on Trump gets 8000 so Trump picks up like 6000 votes that just didn't exist before
0: are they dead people
1: I'm not I don't think so <laughs> but it's the same thing the same thing in a much bigger county next door which is um Hidalgo uh, which is where uh, McAllen is so that's a quite a big county Clinton gets one hundred twenty thousand. Better gets one hundred five thousand. It's an off year, so that's you know what you'd expect. Biden gets one hundred twenty-seven thousand. So that's you know that's kind of like level over three years. Yeah. Twenty sixteen, Trump gets forty-eight thousand. Twenty eighteen, Cruz gets forty-six thousand. Twenty twenty, Trump gets ninety thousand. So where so Trump? Where are all these Texans games, coming from? Well, this area. This is what's also kind of crazy. about this area is that it's it's ninety percent Latino. Like it is. These are these are Latinos coming out for Trump in a way that I don't uh, okay. understand and is also not picked up by the – was not picked up by the polls beforehand. So
0: this is interesting. I have seen people on Twitter, much, much smarter people than me, talking about uh, – I caught the middle of this, so I wasn't really sure what – and also Twitter is completely useless right now because no one knows what's going on. But I saw people talking about the mistake – the mistaken belief that there was one Latino vote, which isn't true. And is that is that what you're seeing? Is that what –
1: This is part this is certainly part of it. Like it it makes sense to me that voters in you know, Cuban American voters in Florida, we've been talking about socialism for four years, they have memories of Castro, they're like, I don't want any part of this, I'm going for Trump. That kind of makes sense to me, and it does make sense there are different elements to this vote. And certainly when you break it down, like that's kinda how it works. What I find weird about this is again, the polls didn't really pick that up. They knew that there was a little of extra Latino strength there, but they didn't pick up the strength of the feeling. And no one picked up that Trump was going to find forty-five thousand extra vote, Latino voters in Hidalgo, Texas. That's a lot. That of doesn't people. make sense. Yeah. It's a huge number of people. Like that's a huge turnout jump as well. So, so I'm building towards my central principle, okay. which is in 2016, the vote, the, the the failure of the polls was considered to be education. They didn't wait for education, so they weren't getting enough non-college educated men, as opposed to college educated. Men. It's essentially working class right, people. Right. That's that's what they're missing. But it's a better way to categor it's a better way, it's a different way to categorize that. Now, what I think happened was not that they got it wrong on education, but that they used education as a proxy for something else, which is a low trust voter. Now, polls, if you know a don't know about Hinchman polls, polls um what people do is they 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 Call you up, um, particularly in America, in the US, in the UK, we actually use a lot of online polls. In the US, it's much more caller-based, like live off polls. Uh, they call you up, and then you decide whether to answer or not. And response rates on polls were always quite low, but they've got over the last like decade or so, they've got way, way lower. Okay. And what I think is happening is that there is a certain category of voter that is just an innately low trust voter, trusts no institutions, doesn't trust the government doesn't trust the media, doesn't trust anyone who calls them a or a pollster, and they're refusing to vote, and we're just totally missing that. But over the last decade or so, that number has started to creep up and up and up, in large part because of social media, like because that's what it does to you. Oh, it, it rips away your understanding of the world. Interesting. So you become this low-trust voter, and you don't reply. It would
0: also probably because... explain why the earlier signals for the low-trust voter person you're describing were lining up around the working class who are, like, particularly active on Facebook because it's, like, a free platform for news and entertainment and, like, anyone can use it. And it tends to, like, you know, as we've gone through in previous episodes, it tends to gravitate in those communities. So it would make sense that that's where you're, you'd are you start getting low-trust voters and then it would build from there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're also susceptible to that from, well, from a bunch of different things, but um, you, you're going to be susceptible to it if you, if you have less education, like... It sucks that's why everyone should have more education because like you're more likely to believe a conspiracy theory right uh and i think that this all ties together and i think that what it means is there is a group of growing people and i think the same thing happened in the 2019 election in the uk um less so because i think we did online polls and people responded to them better mm-hmm. but certainly it's tricky like we've had a really bad pandemic here it's been handled really badly and the polls are still fine for boris johnson he's done multiple things which is really bad but people are just like, no, it's fine. Because I think both he and Trump operate in a similar way. And as actually did so did Corbyn over here. And so has a, a couple of other US politicians, which like their success is just slightly weird. Mm. Um, and I think what this is, is this is this low trust voter who's been, had their trust pulled apart. And it's not just by social media, it should be said. Like, I think social media has raised issues with, the, or highlighted issues that already existed with the media, highlighted issues that already existed with politics, and kind of exposed them to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, plus like, one of social media's like double-edged swords is that it breaks away the myth of a consensus. It like destroys the idea of a monoculture and like one concept of reality. And so like, you know, up before mainstream platforms like Facebook existed, we could a couple months later all agree on like one story and, and, and it would be like, that's the story of what, what happened there. But we don't have that ability anymore because everyone can write their own story. And it didn't take long for that to completely completely, demolish basically like how politics works which is we all agree on one story and so it would make sense that the candidates that are running on a platform of all the stories are lies and bullshit would be attractive to the user who's really 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 into facebook or really 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 hopped up on twitter
1: yeah exactly and yeah i also don't think it's you know it's not limited to trump people like i think sort of what's the best way to put it um it's things like. I mean, it
0: describes like it describes the general kind of vibe of the mythical like Bernie bro bully that all like the liberals like fantasize about, you know, kicking off the internet. It, it it explains like it it also isn't even just in the UK or in the US. Like it sort of explains the entire rise of what we've seen in the last four years, which are just people who are constantly being antagonized by other people on the internet, and then they vote for the most antagonistic candidate, regardless of political belief.
1: Yeah, they vote for the person who they think also is going to break the institutions they don't trust.
0: Which is more and more all of them.
1: Yeah, it, it is. But, you know, there's a problem with that. And I'm going to bring back another kind of serious theory here, which is um, in the area where I live, uh, 18 months ago now, uh, there was a measles outbreak. Right. And eventually we just reported on this and tracked it back. And the reason there was a measles outbreak was because about four years before, there was a nurse in our local surgery who, you know, she worked two and a half days a week and her job was to get everyone vaccinated. I, I live in a, um, a heavily Orthodox Jewish area. That means that, you know, they it's not particularly the fact that they're Jewish, but it t- they tend to have an insular community. Right. Um, and as a result of that, it's quite hard to get messaging out. So what happened was that, you know, this nurse, they hired a, a Orthodox Jewish nurse who went into these communities and made sure everyone got vaccinated budget cuts happened she disappeared but she was but the reason that what she was doing worked was because she was very well trusted and she was going to people face to face talking to them um you know because <laughs> they her line was always they used to fob her off with um bits about you know oh, i've got this festival on or something and she was like i know you don't have a festival on i know i know you're lying about this put your put your bread in the oven and come get tested right and when she was made redundant, she was moved on because they ran out of budget in in our area. Four or five years later, there was a measles outbreak. Uh, and that's not surprising because the vaccination rate just went through the floor because they didn't have a single person who they could trust. And it, it, it kind of made me understand like, this idea of... And if you go through coronavirus as well, the same thing is happening. People don't trust their local area. They don't. What you actually need is are officials who know the area who can walk up and say, I know you live on this road. Here's, here's what you're going to do and speak to them. Whereas in fact, what we've got over here at the moment, is people just calling up or, or sending an email and then not following up, and the, t- the the contact tracing numbers are keep dropping and dropping and dropping every week. Yeah, there's no trust built. And are try and do it in a big centralized thing. It should be local.
0: And I don't want to go to like big theory of everything here, but I mean, we, at least in American politics, like the shorthand for trust has largely just been like they've been around forever. But the problem with that in the internet age it just means that like they have a content trail that is incredibly long and can be manipulated in any way you want it to be and like joe biden has been around for a very long time and like most people who have been around as long as he has the things he did in the first quarter of his life and the second quarter of his life and the third quarter of his life and the fourth quarter of his life don't really connect (laughs) because that's just like not how hopefully things happen when you're a, a person right and so Trump was able. Trump Trump has been able to exploit this since the very beginning of his political career. Because, like, once again, Hillary Clinton, as far as the Democratic establishment goes, like, oh, she's been around forever. People will trust her. It's like, no, because they know her. And so there is this weird thing happening right now in American politics. I think, especially where we don't have a metric for trust. In fact, it almost feels like insane that we don't. But then it's also weird that we would need one. It's it. it we don't have something that can say, oh, this politician. I trust them. Like, I don't, I don't know what that feeling feels like. <laughs> I can't even fathom it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it is very hard to know, but it was, yeah, I think it just means that you end up picking, people end up picking the wrong person or picking a specific person saying, I trust this person and don't trust anyone else. If it's the media, if it's anyone. And, and yeah, I think there's a, there's probably a linked radicalizing effect, but um, yeah, I think that that just ends up explaining large chunks of of what's happened last night and why it missed, and also lar- large chunks of, of the rest of the, the last few years. But this also ties into the really scary part of this, which is if there is a chunk of people who do not respond to polls, who refuse to listen, who refuse to talk, what are the odds that the number of people who believe in, for example, QAnon, right. or who are very, very likely to refuse a coronavirus vaccine are much higher than we think they are? Well,
0: um Yes. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that is I've been having a really tough time with this over the last week, especially where I know in my heart that what I'm seeing on Twitter isn't totally true because Twitter like skews rich and it skews, um, you know, media addicted and it's in it. It skews young and it skews urban and Facebook is like unusable. And I feel like this thing where it's like no matter who wins this election right now there is a different, like, there's a different country out there that has no connection to anything I can see or find. And I don't, like, like, it's a feeling I don't, I don't, I don't remember how, I didn't have this feeling in 2016. I had, in 2016, I had this feeling of, like, what has, what has happened here? It was like a, it was like a science experiment gone wrong. But with this, this is a much different feeling. This is like, well, it was like, well, I was trying to put out a fire in one room of the house. I came out and discovered every other room was different. Like you would just changed the house, like that's sort of what it feels like to me. Yeah, it's 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 far more unsettling to realize that like America is so shifted now, and possibly other countries as well, because we don't. You know, Trump wasn't Brexit was the beginning of of this whole journey, really. But Trump was sort of the moment where things started to shift around the world, and it's going to kick off another election wave that's going to last another four years, and like we don't know. If if whatever is happening right now, and we don't even know what's happening right now, that's what's so crazy is like Biden could still win, like but
1: oh Biden will win like uh, like I would guarantee that now if if you can go and if you can find odds of whatever however minimal they are, you should put a lot of money on it because Biden will win. But
0: I don't think it's gonna. do and I, anything. I'm okay
1: with saying that because this is gonna go after he's won.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just saying I don't think it's gonna change anything.
1: No, almost definitely not.
0: I almost just want it to be over just so I can like go back to thinking about something else.
1: i mean this is the worst part of it is that it's it's basically it's like um you know what it is it is the house was on fire and now we put the fire out everything's burnt and shit and just like (sighs) i mean i guess it's not on fire anymore that is better
0: (laughs) like i would just like to have i you i i was thinking about my life before 2016 the other day and i remember that i was thinking about other things often And then the amount of things that I was thinking about, I feel like, has just gotten smaller over time in a way that is very frustrating. And now I feel like there's like 10 things, and that's all I think about. And there's no other room for anything else because it all gets all the oxygen gets sucked out of the air. And I wish I could talk to like the, this, this like silent sleeping majority you're talking about that's waking up right now and just like ask them, like, what do you want to happen like what but, but then i also know that's that's foolish because i've interviewed enough extremists and radicalized people over the years to know that like they they want pain and they want reaction they don't want con- anything constructive because if they wanted anything constructive that's that would be happening because there's a lot of them right they want yeah they want to demolish things and they don't really care about what comes after because they're angry and and that anger has only gotten worse you know we didn't have trump supporters storming polling centers last time this time we have that. Like, that's, that's a progression. And, and what's frustrating to look at it is that also, if you look at the other results coming in around the country, like, there are serious progressive wins happening right now, just same as there were in 2016.
1: Yeah. Um, a, lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of people in Minnesota won, really, a lot of progressives won in Minnesota. Like, I, Minnesota's got a big history of being quite progressive, but there are chunks of progressives. There are other progressives who are losing. There are. Okay. Here's, the, here's where it gets weird, though south brooklyn vote 25 percent for trump like that's crazy well why was there a big swing to trump in south brooklyn and it's all right This all around the country like there's there's chunks of like some suburbs have gone you know swung to biden and then the new york suburbs haven't
0: i mean the other thing is that like coronavirus has changed the way it's changed a good chunk of the way the country operates like things are different now people are living in different places and you're and that's only going to become more noticeable in the next election like Because we haven't even seen the beginnings of that yet.
1: Yeah, it's quite hard to know where this is going to go, but it doesn't feel like it's going to go anywhere good. And uh, it's strange because I'm usually pretty. I'm usually pretty, like, I'm still pretty positive on, like, social media, and I do think, like, it'll work out. But this is. It's weird.
0: No, I mean, I would say, like, I mean, people who listen to the show would know this, but, like, you're pretty level headed when it comes to, like, politics and the way things are moving and working. I was a little hopeful last night, and then today I feel like. I just got this really overwhelmed, beaten feeling of just like, this isn't, none of this matters, like, this doesn't, I, I went on Twitter today and I was just like, this is all broken. Like, like, the way we talk about it is broken, the way we're thinking about it is broken. Like, it, I, don't, I don't know where we go
1: from here. I mean, yeah, it's, it's this particular problem as well, which is that, I don't know what the best way to put it is, um, there's a specific problem in that it's not a mandate for anything. And even though broadly people are, voters particularly, are in favor of progressive ideals, they are clearly not in favor of progressive candidates. And I don't understand why that is. Because again, if you look at, this is another Florida thing, Florida voted like 60% for a $15 minimum wage. And I don't understand how you can vote for a $15 minimum wage and then reject Biden for being too left wing. Which seems to be what's happened.
0: So I tweeted a little bit about this, but I have a lot of Trump supporters in my family, like a lot of them. Sure. I also have some Republicans in my family who have become never-Trumpers, which is also inspiring, and it's nice to see. I am very, very confident in saying that 90% of the conversations I have with members of my family about politics, if we talk about policy, we're all happy campers. The only things that usually seem to like... Uh, draw any fights is that the older members of my family are a little iffy on abortion but like even that they're like they can come around to it but it's when you start talking about people that things get really really weird and confusing and it sucks because like I wish Joe Biden was as far left as the older people in my family think he is like I wish he was but he's not
1: (laughs) I wish he was going to defund the police
0: God yeah fuck but he's not and so and the only thing i can chalk that up to and i think to i think it actually ties into your thing actually which is that and it's and it's actually an idea that you and i have been kind of picking at for a couple of weeks now which is this like avatar theory and i feel like the reason why policy is actually extremely uncontroversial right now in america but personalities are is because like politics thanks to social media has become more of a game of avatars and they actually they don't really stand for much different but you you strap onto the avatar it's the same reason why, like, you have, like, Elon Musk stands. Like, they're interested in the, in the personality because there is something about the way social media currently works where it emphasizes the personality over the substance. And I, I think that's what's happening here.
1: So maybe that's it. So maybe it's, the, it's, it's a combination of things. It's the connectivity. Like, you can reply to Donald Trump. You can, like, send a message to him and he will probably get a notification on his phone. I have no idea how that works. But, you know, you, you, you reply to Elon Musk and he might reply to you. So it's suddenly, it suddenly breaks oh, out he, this
0: connection. He, named, he name searches. Yeah, watch out. He names it. Oh, searches. yeah,
1: he does. But so, so you have that one element, which is like I can talk to you and you're suddenly not a distant person. I'm not comparing one person on a far off screen with another person on a far off screen. I'm comparing two people that I have direct connections to. Right. But that then ties into a bigger thing which is that if you start to trust them you're like no they're my mate i'm never gonna let them down Uh, and if you don't like them they're your enemy whereas previously it's just a politician i don't care about and don't particularly like and they're they're dissident it's fine and that kind of breaks down this trust thing like you trust your friends much more than you trust like a random person or someone you you don't like but now people are thinking of politicians as their friends or their enemies they're you know their immediate allies or their yeah, the enemies. And it, 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 it shows itself in the kind of narrative that people come up with about, for example, Joe Biden, where they're like, oh, he's radical left because they trust Donald Trump and he said that. Therefore, they must be right. I mean, it's crazy. The, uh, yeah, It's the same the reason idea
0: that, why yeah. you see like Trump voters in one state saying stop the vote and Trump voters in another state saying keep voting because like it doesn't matter. It's about supporting him. It doesn't really matter if there's any sort of coherent movement there.
1: Yeah. I mean I feel I feel like I should I should make the point that Al Gore had a similar division in his message in two thousand and that there were areas where he was trying to stop votes being counted and areas where he was trying to make votes be counted and that did not help. But
0: I think I think okay. I okay. I wanna I wanna build on your theory and come up with like okay, I think I have an idea here. I okay. wanna call it the Twitch streamer theory of politics. So instead of caring about policy If you and if you're a person who is a low trust voter and you don't believe that politics works anymore and you just think it is fundamentally a broken system, which for many, many Americans, that is a reality every single day that like the government is just never going to help them. Well, suddenly the government and politics in general and policy become like an abstract thing. It's like a game and you want to invest in personalities to play that game. And so what you're doing is you are supporting your streamer, your influencer to play the game of politics and the most fun way in the same way that you'd want to watch like someone like screw up a video game by like making weird custom characters and like driving your rocket league car through the wall or something. You want to watch Donald Trump, like just fuck with people because like you don't care and you're just like, you want to pay like bits to your influencer to watch them screw with people
1: maybe that can work that could work i'm i don't know i, I feel like i don't understand that relationship so I, I start from a weird point on that but yeah there is a certain amount of well you know, i mean we all know that like you're theory. a
0: big pewdiepie fan so like you that's your main guy <laughs> um i don't
1: know who, i i don't remember anything before this election everything that's not this election just disappeared from my brain <laughs> <laughs> so
0: okay i want to do one last thing here before we wrap it up because I don't want to say too much because it could become completely irrelevant by tomorrow. And, <laughs> and I hope you guys listening understand and and thank you guys for putting up with the the weird spacey conversations and the weird sound and all the rest. Um, but I guess let's say right after we obviously publish this, um, Joe Biden wins. And um, what is, what is, what does Monday look like?
1: Well, I mean, honestly, Monday looks pretty normal. Like that without being, it? it's, it's, Okay, so, so you can actually go through it and you have a, a House of Representatives that is g- still going to be Democratic, but slightly less so. A Senate, which is still technically up for grabs. Like the, they could actually pull it back because of the Georgia results, right. but they're not going to. So what you're going to end up with is a Democratic president who uh, is a moderate, very globalist, very into international trade, uh, thinks everyone should be you know polite and nice to each other and thinks there should be less malarkey which I agree with. There's been far too much malarkey over the last few days. I just hope no matter what happens, we get some goddamn less malarkey, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I take it. Um, But what that actually means is it is essentially 2014, which is, you know, there's a tied House of Congress, there's partisan gridlock, there's a Democratic president who doesn't quite... can't figure out how to get around it, which is going to be the same because... Mitch McConnell's figured out how to do things now, which is just don't do anything. So, uh, so wait, what you are saying is, hearing ironically,
0: hearing there might be more malarkey.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I think what's gonna, I think what's gonna happen is, is that we're essentially going back to 2014, but everyone's angrier. Essentially, what's gonna happen is we are going to get Tea Party Two, because QAnon is not Tea Party Two. QAnon is the, the things that's been growing off it, but we're gonna get Tea Party Two. Um, fuck. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: I think I think a I think a Donald Trump Jr. and Charlie Kirk led Tea Party too, just disrupting and dismantling everything they can, being pushed along by OAN because they have a weird grudge against Fox News. I can t- tonight from, from, from the last two nights from literally the last two nights. I, I feel like that is, I, I I think that's actually right to me, which is like the Democrats go back to exactly the way they were and have learned nothing from this. And then we have one section of the Republican party that is Fox news oriented. And they're basically like big business libertarian, no tax guys. And then we have like a group of like well-dressed raving lunatics on OAN and they are Republicans, but they are Republicans not for long. They're like morphing into something completely different. And we basically have a totally out of touch democratic party playing against two very, very angry and reactionary right wing parties. Oh, and all of this plays out on the internet because the platforms are gonna stop all this like moderation stuff literally the minute the vote is called. Like it all goes back to normal.
1: Also the, the, the really fun thing is gonna be is that I don't think Biden is gonna I think Biden's gonna try and do two terms. So I think that twenty twenty four is going to be Trump Biden again.
0: Man, don't say stuff like that. Don't speak stuff like that into the world. Don't do that. Don't put that evil Does out there. Does everything
1: about that not stack up? Like, Trump's no. not going to give up. He's going to run again, isn't he? He's going to run again in 2024. He's probably going to do the same thing. He's probably going to win again. I and literally, I literally saw was,
0: tweets but... about Trump 2024 today, and I was like, please don't don't say that. Please don't right. say that.
1: But the thing is, is Biden's not going to bail, because Biden like, thinks he's president. You know, he doesn't know where he is most of the time. But when he does know, he knows he's president. And Trump can't die because
0: he's literally powered by cheeseburgers and Adderall. Like, he can't, he cannot die.
1: (laughs) Well, he might run out of energy. True. Have you heard this theory? He's got the theory about he hasn't, everyone in the world has a finite amount of energy. And then you run out of energy and then you die. Oh, I have heard this.
0: I also, I've been so distracted. I wanted to talk, I I need to talk to you about this theory that I came across on left-wing Twitter yesterday. And like, I can't stop thinking about it, but I also can't find any explanation for it. And it's like driving me nuts. Do you know where the rumor started that Richard Spencer is a CIA CIA asset?
1: No, but like that makes sense.
0: But I was able to trace it as far back as like 2017 grumblings of it. And then it like really picked up steam in 2018. But there's this theory that...
1: Basically any prominent person, left or right, at some point someone has theorized their CIA asset.
0: So the the best I can get, the best I can figure out how this like came about and what this is saying is that... Somewhere along the line, Richard Spencer was tapped by the CIA to help dismantle the Trump administration and like cause chaos to help push the country back towards the center because the CIA was scared of a possible Trump coup. And so that they've decided, they decided to tap Richard Spencer to do that. And you and which doesn't make any sense to me because also he has like like no Twitter followers. Like no one cares about him, <laughs> but I I went through, like, tanky Twitter, and all of tanky Twitter is just completely convinced he's a CIA spook, which I think is just completely amazing.
1: Sure. Um, That does stack up, actually. (laughs) That they think that, not that he is. Okay, yeah. Um,
0: Okay. So, Luke, um, (laughs) have you consumed any content this week to stay sane?
1: Yeah, I'm super sane right now. Um, What have I consumed? Oh, I'll tell you what I've consumed. I have played the new Avengers video game.
0: How much money have you spent on custom costumes and loot boxes?
1: None. I don't spend money on costumes, cost, costumes, and loot boxes. Um, but I am, I am, I am not a fan. I've heard it's uh, not very good, and uh, is like very predatory. I haven't got the predatory bits, yet. But it is gameplay wise, it sucks because it has a habit of really, really long cutscenes. Like it really thinks it's got an interesting story to tell, and it doesn't. But it also has a habit of dropping you in, like, major events. Like, a big fight that you have to immediately get out of. While also having a habit of, if you die, having really long, like, 30-40 second long loading screens. So you wait for 30-40 to seconds and then have to make a serious decision within five seconds or you die. Wow. And, well, you don't die, you lose. Because, like, enough people get around you and then they're like, hey, we've captured you by the police. So it's like, I can't even fight my way out of this. And it's... That's annoying. But the worst thing about it is that, I don't know if it's the worst or the weirdest, is that they've tried to replicate their movie characters. They basically, the original six Avengers is the same six, except that they've got rid of Hawkeye, which, sure. I mean, good. Uh, okay. And replaced him with Miss Marvel, which is, yeah, good. I good love her. Yeah, but, she's great. But they have basically done these weird, like, lookalikes of all of the film people and they try to be the same and it's like not that's weird and i'm like i would much rather you had a different inception of captain america rather than chad evans or whatever the fuck he would be like
0: the captain america when i saw a photo of and i was like i don't like the look of this at all this looks super weird and bad i don't know what this is yeah
1: like they've got robert downey jr's beard and it's like yeah you know that's I know I know. technically it's Iron Man's beard, but it's not. It's Robert Downey Jr.'s beard, except Robert Downey Jr. isn't doing this, and you're trying to do Robert Downey Jr. quips, and you're not Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Robert Downey Jr. I'm uh, playing in uh, Tony Stark. Yeah. yeah, It's super weird. It's super weird. So not <laughs> a fan. Sorry, that was my conclusion, is that I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, fan.
0: I, 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 Yeah. Um, my content that I watched on the plane was... <laughs> A French zombie movie called La revolution and it's or it, ta- it takes place in uh, like pre-revolutionary War of France and the idea is that all the rich people in France become infected with like a zombie disease and that's why everyone has to cut their heads off okay it's um it's a little too it's like pretty French nationalistic in a way that like made me uncomfortable, but also the premise is like so goofy that I was kind of like, yeah right like yeah, like all the rich people, Oh and and the disease make, makes your blood blue. So it's the blue bloods, which I was like, okay, that's like extremely on the nose. Um but if you want to watch on the nose, like, but that's good. If you want to watch like, you know, French revolutionaries like cut zombies heads off, like pretty good. <laughs> it's like pretty dumb but pretty good. <laughs> um Yeah. Okay. Um we're going to put a lid we're going to put a lid on this one. Um stay tuned to next week. Promise we'll be well, hopefully, we'll be back to normal and we'll know something about the world and um and i will have a, a long crazy tale to tell about uh my my dad buying property in central america and uh, us going would down you, there would you rec- would you
1: recommend it out of 10 how what was how would you score it uh, still processing
0: uh everything that happened uh so we will talk about <laughs> that next week um thank you guys for putting <laughs> up with right. us this week and uh we'll we'll see you next week bye-bye